This podcast is not meant to be professional advice of any kind. It's meant to be informative and entertaining. If you make any changes to your life, see the appropriate professional before you do so. Hello and welcome to SuperAge. My name is David Harry Stewart. I'm the founder of Aegist. At SuperAge, we help you live better and become the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want a SuperAge? Hey everyone, welcome to episode 103 of the SuperAge podcast. This will be dropping on September the 28th, 2022. Today's show is brought to you by Inside Tracker, the dashboard to your inner health. Go to insidetracker.com slash Aegis, save 20% on all their products. Today's show is also brought to you by Element. L-M-N-T, my favorite electrolyte mix. It's what I put in my water in the morning, and it's what I put in my water at the gym. Go to drinkelement.com slash ageist and receive a free eight-serving sample pack with your first purchase. Back a little while ago, we did a big survey, a big quant survey, about what people in our gang were concerned with. And guess what? People were more afraid of irrelevance than they were of death. So that sort of um, shocked us when we saw that. But as the more we thought about it, we thought it was correct. And, you know, in our parlance, what we use is the word fossilization for irrelevance, meaning, you know, sort of stuck in a place and not moving forward. And as I often think about, you know, one of the, the problems with aging or one of the challenges is that we need to keep learning. And we need to keep moving forward. Otherwise, we get stuck, right? And, you know, we all know those people who are like, well, I don't need one of these fancy iPhone things. I have a telephone. Well, okay, um, but you're sort of going to be stuck where you are. Or, you know, that idea of discounting some new idea, some knowledge, some information, because maybe you've heard it before and you don't really want to examine it. So you just discount it. And to me, one of the great, antidotes to this is the word yes. Just saying yes. So if somebody invites you somewhere, you just just say yes. Um, you know, whatever it is, whatever kind of new thing it is, I don't know, it's like bowling or archery or d- dinner or some musical event or something. It's like, hey, what the heck? Just say yes. And the reason I'm emphasizing this is that it's so easy to say no. It's so easy to just say like, well, I don't want to do that or I might be uncomfortable or God, my sofa is so comfy tonight. (laughs) Uh, So we got to fight that urge. And the way we fight that urge is just, it's really simple. We just say yes. And, you know, what that does is by saying yes, it takes us out and we encounter new people. And through these new people, we encounter new ideas and new information, perhaps things that we wouldn't have thought of before. And this is one of the great ways to avoid the dreaded fossilization and irrelevance is to keep bringing in new information. And if you think about it, you know, when we were younger, we had no problem with that, right? It was just like everything was new. Bring it on, you know, whatever you got. We weren't really passing judgment upon information or people the way that sometimes we can now. So this idea of... Um, essentially passing judgment on things that we haven't experienced or people we haven't met yet. Um, You know, this sort of goes across the spectrum, but I will say, being a guy, this weighs more heavily on the male gender than you women folk out there. You women folk are just like, you know, you're much more open to meeting new people and new ideas and new things. And us guys, I, I think it's, like we have this mortal fear of embarrassment or being less than or being judged or something. I don't know, some kind of nonsense. Um, but it causes us like a lot of problems. <laughs> it really does. It gets us in a lot of trouble, especially later in life. The statistics on loneliness and um, eventually suicide with men are astonishing as compared to women the same age. So this is something we're going to talk about this week. Um, So this week on the show, we have Greg Scheiman, who's um, a midlife male expert. And we're going to be talking about 
really the fundamental factor that this is all about, which is vulnerability. Something that, you know, us guys have some trouble with and can be a great frustration to the women around us. So um, for you ladies out there, um, please keep listening and maybe you'll understand this other strange gender a little better. And gentlemen, please stay on. I'm hoping that we have some good, useful suggestions for you, Um, you know, because super aging is really about more than, you know, what you're eating and how you're exercising. It's a mindset. So we're going to get with Greg in just a moment after a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the dashboard to your inner health. Just as a car has a dashboard so you can tell how fast you're going and how much gas you have, you need a dashboard for your inner health. You need to know what's going on inside your body if you're going to optimize it. You need some way to monitor what's going on inside your body. And then once you know what's going on inside your body, you need some way to help optimize that. And this is what I get from Inside Tracker. With their 43 biomarkers that they're testing, along with the genetics that they test me for, I know what I should be eating to really optimize where I want to be. And I get to choose that target of where I want to be. Am I working on brain health? Am I working on longevity? Is there something with my fitness that I'm interested in optimizing? The app will make recommendations personalized to me based on my blood work and my genetics. And that's something that I just think is invaluable. Um, It's not a replacement for seeing my doctor. It's not a replacement for any of the other professionals in my life. It is an additive, but it is an additive that is with me every day, all day. And I can consult it and I can see what should I be doing right now. And then I can test again and see what changes have happened. If you go to insidetracker.com slash ageist, you'll save 20% on all their products. Today's show is also brought to you by Element, the electrolyte mix that I've been using to stay hydrated and to keep my electrolytes in balance. I started placing Element electrolyte mix into my water after my workouts on the recommendation of a friend of mine who's a 50-time Ironman competitor. I told him that I was having a lot of trouble recovering from my workouts, and I thought it was my age. And it turned out it was my electrolytes. And once I started putting Element into my water... I noticed an incredible difference in my ability to recover from my workouts. It went from, I mean, truthfully, an hour or two to like 10 minutes Um, because the problem was my electrolytes were off. Now what I do is I put Element in my water when I get up first thing in the morning. I also have it in my water that I drink during the day. And then, of course, at the gym, I make sure that there's Element in my water. And of course, in my beloved sauna, the same thing, Element in the water. So it turns out that some of that brain fog and just muscle ache and sluggishness that I was feeling was not age-related. It was actually electrolyte-related. We talk a lot about hydration on this podcast, but the electrolyte mix within that water is really critical. Right now, Element is offering listeners of this podcast a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. It's a great way to try out all eight flavors and share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash ages. This deal is only available through this link. You must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash ageist. We'll be leaving that link in the show notes too. After you check it out, let me know what you think about it. Did it make the change for you that it did for me? Hey, Greg, how are you today? I'm great, Dick. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you on. And, you know, today, um, let's just talk a little bit about what you're up to and then about the subject that we're going to get into here. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're working on. Sure. Thank you very much. Um, I help men maximize middle age. That's what I do now. And after 30 years of entrepreneurship in various capacities, successes and, and failures, um, and about to be 50 years old after my, after selling my firm or our firm was acquired, uh, at the end of 2020, uh, I found myself at a, at a new time of life and an opportunity that was presented to me to 
transform in a different way. And the business experience led to a podcast, which led to a newsletter, which led to a coaching program for other men in similar positions to me. And here I am, uh, a couple of you know, a couple of years later, with a book coming out in November, and talking to you on this on this call, and what you're doing with with Aegis, and having the the privilege to work with men throughout the country to you know help them live better in this next phase of life. You know, how do we flip the midlife crisis kind of on its ear and see the the next phase is our best phase you know, rather than our best days being behind us. So I mean, it's something you can relate to. And we've talked about a little bit before. And again, I love, I love what you're doing. So it's just awesome to be here. Uh, it's great to have you on. And, you know, we talk a lot about in, on this program about how to extend life, um, extend the health spans, but there's this like massive elephant in the room that people aren't talking about. Um, and you don't get to like, you know, cold plunge and sauna and protein exercise, all that other stuff that we can talk about, um, which is awesome if there's this other impediment. And so I'm, I'm just going to, this statistic that I read, in 2019, um, men died by suicide 3.63 times more than women. And I know from the masterminds that we've done, the various groups that I've been involved in, how difficult it is to get men to like open up and join anything. Um, it's all, but you know, people ask me at this age, like, and I just tell them like women lead everything. Um, so what do we got going on here? Wow. Um, it's an incredible question, and it's so and it's so deep. Uh, and I don't think that there's any one particular answer other than to start communicating about it and addressing it and having more conversations like this one right here at 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 the forefront. Uh, you know, one thing is that while that statistic is alarmingly true and very final and very unfortunate, it's a lot of the statistics that lead up to to that somebody a man taking his own life or being in that type of state that that is the the only option and that's what they do and some of these other statistics that lead up to that um that are the warning signs and are deeply troubling and can we possibly get out ahead you talk about how difficult it is for men to show vulnerability for them to join groups or masterminds i've seen this um at at every different level i mean from the the on the silly when i owned a, a gym, a fitness studio, a rowing studio, the men would sit in the back of the classes because they didn't want to look like they didn't know what they were doing or didn't want to look stupid or didn't want to know to appear that they didn't know the movements or know what was going on. And now I hear it with my coaching clients. These men get on the very, very first call and they are so emotional from like minute one because they finally have somebody to, to talk to. The difference in what they will share one-on-one, -on -one, and I've tried this too with group-type coaching and environments versus one-on-one, -on -one, the differences are so stark for, for the reason that men have this fear of, of being vulnerable or looking weak and this transparency that they struggle with. And the statistics that I was referring to, you know, 58% of men in midlife report anxiety, loneliness, frustration, fear of aging, deep regret around the decisions that, that matter most. And it's a time period where self-confidence is, is at an all-time low. You know, you talk about cold plunges and, and, and saunas and fitness. 60% of men in midlife say they're not as fit as they want to be. And there's a huge extreme. They look to being super fit versus are unfit. And there's so much white space in the middle, you know, for health and wellness. But 60% say they're not as fit as they want to be. 61% are not as financially stable as they thought they would be in, in middle age. You know, when you start looking at these, 43% say that family life is not as happy as they'd like. And one in four, 25% of middle-aged men feel like they've already peaked in there. So put all of those statistics in the bucket. And mm, that's real. 
that's struggle, that's challenge, that's depression, that's stress. And you add all those things up and they can seem insurmountable. And I think that's what we're really dealing with, Dave. And I, yeah. (laughs) And the different, the, the gender differences are phenomenal. That if, if I had a group, um, equal mix men and women, and I said, Hey, um, maybe try this thing out. Something as simple as like, you know, eat this food. Um, the women will be like, Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Let's try that. And the men will be, well, I don't know. I mean, we gotta talk about that. It's like, come on, dude, it's an apple, eat it. (laughs) It's not, you're fine. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's a it's a funny thing, and it it has you know not just the you know we can just look at the longevity stats. Like a a, a woman is go, is you know going to live statistically considerably longer than a man, and some of that might be genetics. But I it, I think a lot of it has to do with what we're talking about right now. This mm-hmm. resistance to something I don't fully understand. Lifestyle, mm-hmm. the male the male role, if you will. And now we're entering another period um, of, of defining or redefining masculinity. And again, we are discussing this in terms, and it seems like we're seeing it in terms of extremes. You know, Mm -hmm. there's this masculine man who operated a certain way, and that was the way men were supposed to be. And now there's this new masculinity that we're supposed to all accept. And it's whatever identity or whatever look and whatever. And again, there's so much white space in between. Why can't a big, strong, tough man also be vulnerable and tender and happy and smile? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and why can't mm, it's like, Whatever type of man you want to be, also accept and respect and be comfortable with a strong, masculine man who is out doing what he wants to do or living that way. Again, I, they're, they're on these extremes and where, where I think we almost need to gravitate towards is we need to gravitate towards the middle a little bit. And the middle is typically messy. So people tend to avoid, avoid the middle because it's messy. That's also where you get kind of midlife crisis from. We're in the middle and like, okay, it's messy there. So now we got to try to sort some shit out mm-hmm. overall. But I think the acceptance, I think the grace and the gratitude and the latitude is in the middle right now. And if we could start getting a little bit more comfortable in the middle, we could start working through a lot of these things and maybe develop some greater understanding, some greater empathy, some greater compassion, but most importantly, this ability to communicate, this ability to be okay or start at least the process of being okay with taking a look at these statistics and saying, what can we do to change them? You know, we've talked about, also you hear this a lot, 1% better, you know, every day. Mm -hmm. You're also a health and wellness guy. You don't go from fat to fit overnight. Mm -hmm. You don't go from unhealthy to healthy overnight. It's a series of, of daily little wins and progress. If we could start improving these statistics one percentage point at a time, 1% every day, and compound the interest on that, we can make a radical and impactful difference in the lives of men over time. And today's the day we start. We have to wake up every day believing that today is the day we start. And conversations like this, I think, are are that 1%. This is what continues to move the needle. Hmm? I, um, yeah. I I mean, I have a, a very specific strategy that I exercise. <laughs> and that is... Um, I'm really big on the word hello (laughs) and really big on smiling. And it's, I find it remarkable. Um, I I live in Utah and it's, um, there's a lot of really like, you know, sort of old school beardy, like guy guys that go out and like hunt elk on the weekend and stuff. Um, And 
you know, what I find is, you know, like I was, this morning I was at the gas station. There was like one of these kind of guys and he's got a big truck and he's doing something or other. And I just said to him, hey, how are you? How's your day going? And he was like stunned. He just like froze in his tracks. And he saw me smiling at him and he looked over and he's like, oh, it's okay, man. Thanks for asking. You know, I said, well, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I do this thing. You know, I work with swimming pools and da, da, da. I was like, cool. So tell me about that. And suddenly we had this conversation, which I think was a bit of a shock to him because um, I, I don't look like him. I don't hunt elk on the weekend or shit like that, but whatever. I, you know, I just, whatever you want to do is fine. Um, and I think it's like, to me, that's like, if you can just do like that simple thing you do like that once a day, what happens is, um, like you just made that guy's day. Um, and he may do that to somebody else, some other guy that he, maybe he finds kind of like really different than himself. And he just says, Hey, how are you? How's your day going? Shocking, right? <laughs> yeah. And as you're talking, I, I'm thinking about it right now. And it reminds me of, of a situation when I, when I first met my wife, Kate, she was living in Houston, Texas, and I was living in New York. Mm -hmm. And the first trip I took to Houston, when I landed and got there, everybody seemed nice. They said, hello, or they said, how do y'all like, it was, it was like, y'all, first time I was really hearing y'all a lot, but we went to the grocery store when I got to town and she knew like the butcher, like, Hey, Kate, how are you? How are you? People were friendly and they were hello. And even the lines moved a little slower because the cat, everybody was being nice. And, and I said to her, I go, like, what's going, you, you know, all these people, like, what is going, like, what is going on? Because I said in New York, I said, I've lived in my building for 10 years. Okay. I think anybody even acknowledges each other walking in and walking out or getting into the elevator and everything. And the niceties and the pleasantries and the general common courtesies just, just stood out right there. And I started now going, through, okay, that's, am I doing it now? And I'm asking myself, do I do it now? Mm -hmm. When I walk into the gym or class, do I say hello to people? Like, what's the, how am I being perceived and what am I doing? Because you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. It's one thing to feel it. It's an, and it's another thing to actually, you know, act it, you know, practice and, and remember to lead by example. If this is the conversation we're having and this is how we feel, can we practice what we preach? Can we lead by example? And can we make other people's debt? That's right. Um, and that's exactly right. Like, we lead by example, you know, we walk the talk. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's hard yeah. by the way, too. And now I'm thinking about, okay, did I do it yesterday? Or, oh, there's one guy in particular, you know, that like we used to be closer friends and now we're kind of not, but you know, all it probably takes is one person making the effort or asking the question or whatnot. But as men again, like, we don't want to make the first move. We don't want to be the one that looks weaker, or we don't want to maybe antagonize or whatever it might be. So what do we do? We end up quiet. We end up not saying hello, or we end up, you stay on that side of, of, of the room, or I'll stay on this side of the room, or we don't address it at all. And then time passes and you don't even remember why. <laughs> so um, one, of the, one of the tricks I've learned at the gym, <laughs> you and I both, we spent a lot of time in gyms. And, um, what I do is I ask for help from like the biggest, strongest, scariest guy there. Um, and like, I'm not a, I'm not a big, scary guy. Um, and I just say like, Hey, uh, how do you do this? Or, you know, I'm not quite sure how this works or something. Now, even if I know how it works and I'm perfectly capable of using the thing, uh, um, what happens is you watch the guy on the other side. He just like lights up. He's like, oh, I can be useful. I can like help this poor little guy who doesn't know how to do this thing. <laughs> you know, Let me help him out. And then going forward, he's my buddy. Um, well, yeah. again, it, it's, I think it's a great game, by the way. I really, I really do. <laughs> um, but it's exactly, you know, it's, it's very stereotypical in there. We want yeah. to help as men. We That's want right. to help. 
We, we want to help. We don't want to ask we, for help, though. Right. That's we want to be of value. We want right. to show you what we know. We want to right. sweep in and we can solve the problem and we can help right. you and you can move the weight and we can. We want to be the spotter, not the spotted. You know, <laughs> right. right. You know, there. Let me show you what I know. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Dave, I got you. You know, and now I'm kind of here. You're my little buddy, you know, yep. now, but we're not really good with the other role. Right. And the role that you just described, the position you take, that's really a position of strength. I think what gets lost in a lot of this and with a lot of men is, you know, the weakness is not asking for help. The weakness is thinking you know everything, that you've got to push that boulder uphill all by yourself, you know? that you've got to have all the answers because that's what men do. And if you don't know the answer, you're sure as shit not going to tell anybody about it, much less another man or another whole group of men or some other men in front of a big group of women or anything else that you've described. We're going to maybe retreat and try to figure it out on our own. And we may be trying to fit this square peg into a round hole for however many years, bottle all this stuff up. But asking for help, looking vulnerable, looking weak, looking at no, that's that's not for us. That's not what we're supposed to do. And that's what we need to, we need to change. That's the shift we need to make. That's the mindset adjustment we, we need to transform. So these stats start swinging the other way. And it's, I got to, I watched, I learned this from my wife where I learned all smart things is from my wife. Uh, and she'll, whatever, you know, she'll just go into a new situation, whatever it is. And she'll just go right up to like the group or whoever's leading. She'll just say, I'm new here. Um, I'm not quite sure what to do. Can you help me out? And she has no problem with it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So um, I've sort of learned to do that. And that is tremendously empowering. As soon as you say that, the whole like burden of having to know everything and be like the expert at whatever goes away. And now you can just sort of relax and, and, and the, life becomes much less stressful. Well, no pun intended. It's the weight that's lifted off of your shoulders. We carry this weight. Yeah. Yeah. This this weight of thinking I'm going to be found out that I don't know everything or this, this fear and this uncertainty and insecurity that we don't know something. Or now we're in a room or in a place or in a course or in a conversation, whatever. And, and we feel this, that you can feel it literally on the back of your neck. You can feel it in your gut. You can feel it in your throat. You can feel, and it shows up everywhere. And now, now it's, it is, it's in your family. It's in your finances, you know, and in your work, you know, it's in what you put on your body and in your body, it shows up everywhere, man. And in the fun you're no longer having because who has a lot of fun when they're, when they're stuck under, you know, a weight they can't carry. So it sounds like what we're talking about here is an identity thing. And I will say sort of the negative side of this like male feature that we have is mansplaining, which um, I've, I've, I'm sure you, you've like, we've been in a conference room and there'll be women who are very accomplished and there'll be some dude who feels like it's his role in life to like be the mansplainer. And it's just awful, right? It's just like, I'm embarrassed for my gender whenever I see this. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, it's prevalent. I mean, I think what you're describing is prevalent. We've seen, we've seen a lot of it in there. Um, and we will, we will continue to go back to what you we mentioned. We just talked about a second. Can we do better? Can we lead by example more? Can we start again, decreasing the numbers of mansplainers that are out there? Or men that think they have to again show whip it out and show us how great they are, you know, and wait, put the resume out on the table every time, or hear all the accomplishments, and we only talk about the successes, but we don't talk about the failures or anything else. And it, and if we can again continue to be out in front, I think we start to see the gradual shifts. If we can continue to empower women, but at the same time, empower and not silence men. It's not that we want to silence men. It's actually just the opposite. We want to encourage conversation and communication amongst men, but the right kind, the positive kind, 
the constructive, the empowering kind. And it's not to weaken, it's to strengthen. And it's not to take away these masculine superpowers or inherent traits or characteristics that we have, but it is to reshape them to an extent. It is to kind of of maybe repurpose them into a manner that leads to a much more fulfilling life. I mean, I think you talk about it a lot with aging, you know, and, and in general, as we get on, like, I ask a lot, you know, what if instead of viewing aging as, as something to be afraid of and something to fear, what if we again started to see aging as something you know, aspirational, something inspiring, looking at, at men and women also who are out in front? I mean, we do have this opportunity. You're living proof of it right now. I hope to be continuing that we are able to live better and longer and happier and healthier and wealthier based on the experiences that we have had, good and bad, and all of these things that we've learned. We have time to shift in these habits and behaviors that we've developed over the years. Enhance the good ones, ditch but the I, bad ones. <laughs> and I think sort of the, the, the crux of that is going from statement to question. So, and I, and I think that that's um, socially, um, don't leave with a statement, leave with a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and I think it's a mindset. It's, it's, it's an openness to new, you're, you know, thing is, if you're not doing so well and you keep doing whatever you're doing, you will continue on that trajectory of not doing well, guaranteed. But what's required there is a change. And in, in order to have that change, there needs to be an openness. There needs to be a question, which is, you know, oh, how do I do this? How do I, can I change this? How do I do this? Rather than I know best, I'm going to do whatever and keep doing what I've always done because that's what I've always done. And it's like, well, that's, that, that, then you're just going to get where you're going. <laughs> okay. I had to do this too. Mm-hmm. Take that real good, long, hard, naked look in the mirror and say, how am I actually really doing? Mm. It was a tipping point for for me, where maybe from the outside looking in, things seemed to be going pretty well, but to me they weren't. So you got to ask that question. I mean, or somebody's got to ask it of you. I mean, you obviously also have seen something in this space because look at what you do now and the difference that you make in this space. I had to do a similar thing, and I'm still trying to do a similar a, a similar thing and work on it every day. How can I do better? How can I be better? Where am I not fulfilled? Where am I unhappy? Where am I making poor choices? Where might I be in motion but not taking really good action? You know, similar to like busy and productive. Mm-hmm. And if those decisions or actions that you're taking and the choices that you're making are not resulting in again positivity, you know, and productivity, you have to make different choices and different decisions. I started playing this, this little game with myself. Like when you go to the eye doctor, we're both wearing glasses, you know, right now, and they do the better one or better two thing with the lenses over and over to gain clarity is what you're going for is clarity and focus. Well, I would be asking myself these questions, better one or better two. Well, old Greg was going one and what? So I'm going to do the opposite. You know, however, we're going to flip these lenses, whichever one I think is the right one, I'm going with the opposite because what I was deciding before wasn't working so well. So we have to change our patterns. Well, I I think that the other thing to think about is the why. Um, Why improve? Why change? Why, you know, all the things, why exercise, eat well, all this sort of stuff. Why reach out to the people? And to me, the why that the why that underlies me is um, I want to be as helpful to as many people for as long as I can in the best way that I can. And like I've come to realize, I can I have impact. I help other people, and it and it's just it's as simple as like you know the guy that I spoke to at the grass station. Okay, so I had a small impact in his life, but that that's worthwhile to me. And I, and I think that some of what underlies what, you know, what you were talking about with like men at a certain age, oftentimes 
you know, we rank ourselves based on accomplishment and how much, you know, what can we manifest out in the world? And we want to, you know, excel at higher and higher levels every year, but, but that's unsustainable. Like at a certain point, you just, you know, you're not a superhuman. That's, you're going to reach a limit and it's going to come down. But to understand that you still have value and you, and you can have impact out in the world. And that's the why. The why is not about you just for the heck of it, living as long as you can, as healthy as you can. You're not going to get too far on that. It's about how can I help my family, my friends, the people around me, how can I make impact? Absolutely. And, and I think it's, it's twofold. You know? And I think it's why. And I think it's how. Mm. And I think with a lot of men, there's a focus on why. And I agree that there should be, and you should know it. But it's not that challenging. It's not that difficult for a lot of them. I know why you want to be in shape. I know why you want to be a better husband. I know why you want to make more money. I know why you want to do this. Now let's get into the how, okay? Because your how is not matching up with your why. You've got good reasons for your why. Again, you're not executing on the how side to really be operating on all sense, again, to be happy, to be content, to be fulfilled and all of those things. And a lot of the men I work with, we're back to taking the why and reverse engineering into the how. So what does this look like? They say, I want to be in the best shape of my life. Okay. Let's quantify that. What does that look like to you? Again, a lot of white space between being an elite level athlete and being in general physical good preparedness you know, and health and wellness. I want to be a good husband and a good provider and a good father. What does that look like? Are we over-indexing at work? Mm-hmm. So yes, you're, you're a partner or you're moving up the corporate ladder and you're banking this money, but you're working yourself. You, know, uh, you might die at your desk and you're missing your children's games and you're not spending time with your wife and you're doing all these. So to what metric of success are you measuring yourself or you feel like you're measuring yourself up against other men? Used to be, you know, when they say the managed measure of success for guys, it's salary and title. And here I am. And I would offer that we have this opportunity to take a more holistic approach of what success looks like. And in all of those categories, again, so we would have a more balanced life portfolio, again, versus this over-indexed one of here I am giving everything to this one area, which is typically, again, kind of work for a lot of men. And that's where their identity you know, seems to be. I work, I pay the bills, I bring the money home, I get the salary, I get the status, I go out with my coworkers afterwards, and then I, I, I drink or I do this and that, and that's why I'm not in the greatest of shape, but I'm doing all of this for my family and we give and give and give for everybody else. And we think it's the thing, the right stuff to do. And it's exhausting and it's stressful. And it gets back to the list of statistics that I read off earlier. And this is what happens. Yeah. So what does happiness look like? What does success look like? What does fulfillment look like? What does even free time look like? Because we tend to default and fill it like every single moment. We get exactly what we want. And then we're not okay with it also. <laughs> I, I've often sort of amused myself with the idea that I would start a blog and the, uh, or an Instagram feed called Cash and Push-Ups. Um, <laughs> which would... I'm in, by the way. Okay, I like both of those things. Okay, just so to, uh, wherever you're going with it, I like both. Okay, but I mean those are the, you know, those are sort of the two easy, like male-based values to go for. Not so much like, you know, can you have an honest conversation with someone? Like, how are you? enriching your life out there how are you doing these these other things whereas the you know the metrics on cash and push-ups are that's a pretty pretty easy to quantify right look let me tell you what's hard i tell look at so many of the experiences and the things that are out there again for for men okay they tend to be extreme or they tend to be physical or they tend i can promise you Mm-hmm. That it was, at least in my experience, it was easier for me to go train with Navy SEALs and be thrown into the water 
Mm -hmm. in pitch blackness, linked arm in arm with other men, be hitting with waves, carrying them, dragging them on the beach, doing all this, you know, for 72 hours. Mm -hmm. That was easier for me than it was when I went to, to Chips with the Modern Elder Academy, which is an incredible facility. And I had to sit in a circle with 30 cohorts, male and female, and pass a stick around and talk about my feelings. You could put me in with the seals. Any That was easier to me mm-hmm. as a man. And there's an issue with that. And that's also why there's an importance, I think, and an incredible value in being capable and being open to do both. That's right. So not every experience I take on is an extreme physical challenge. And I talked about this too. We have to also work on giving you what you need. Mm-hmm. For me to be over-indexed physically is not a wonderful, great accomplishment. I might enjoy it. I might like it. I mean, it might be doing some good things for me, but too much of a good thing is not a good thing either. But what do you really need, Greg? Or what do you really need, Bob or Steve or David? I need, I need a week in Cabo, okay, to really get in touch with my stress, my anxiety, my depression, my unfulfillment, the, you know, the things that I don't talk about. The things that push me to go into the ocean at four o'clock in the morning in 50 degree water. What am I running from? What am I afraid of? Got to get okay with doing, with doing both those things that scare the shit out of you. But if you continue to stay away from them or avoid them, you will be one of these statistics that we don't like reading. Yeah. And I, I, I think that, um, I agree with you 100. Uh, <laughs> percent I don't need anybody to push me at the gym. I I can I can do that. Um, but you know, community, um, th- these sort of things, um, you know, being one among many, um, the, these things are uh, more challenging. I I, I love the. Uh, the, the 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 guys in the back on the rowing machines. I, I I once I was about forty. I was living in New York, and I um I don't know what got into me. I decided I wanted to learn African dance, and so I went to African dance, and it was intense. Like there were like drummers, and there were professional dancers in there. There were these like super hip, like super fly black chicks from like you know, from Fort Greene dressed in all camo. And I was like, whoa. And I just went in the back and just tried to like, rather than like ask them, like, I, I was the only guy in there, by the way. And I was like, like, how do I, what's happening here? <laughs> I just sort of hid in the back for like six months. <laughs> I sort of got so, the hang of it. That was me in yoga. You know, the first couple of times, like, oh boy. Okay. Where am I going? I'm going in the back of this studio right, right now. I mean, maybe I'm falling invisible. all over the place, doing whatever. Like, I <laughs> they hope will nobody see me. <laughs> sees me and, and spots me here. And you know, the the inverse is is interesting too. I I was watching one of my my friends who happens to be a great author and a great coach, and again, incredible. He was out there. He had posted something, and he's dancing and he's moving and he's flailing away, and and he's having the absolute time of his life. Hmm? Why does this make me uncomfortable? Hmm? As an here's somebody he knows who he is. He knows what yeah. makes him happy. He knows how he wants to express himself. He's welcoming in everybody to the whole thing. And I'm sitting here going, "That looks ridiculous." You know, or that I, I could never do that, or that makes me uncomfortable. To, and and you get stuck kind of in this dichotomy sometimes. Well, wow, I'm so happy for him. If he's truly free and he's truly enjoying himself and he's truly doing this. And at the same time, go, do I have anything that makes me feel that free or that happy? Or would I be willing to put myself out there and do that? Or could I join in that? I don't know if you've ever like seen that video. There is, there's some video went viral. This guy's kind of dancing. He's like, I get a festival or something. He's out and he starts dancing by himself. There are all these people around him. And then like one other person joins him and she starts dancing. And then then, then, you're like, Oh, so this is how somebody has to be first. Right. Somebody's got to be okay. Give permission. With it. That's right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Somebody's got to be willing to not give a shit what anybody else thinks and to keep doing it. And then you realize there yeah, are there people like me out there. They exist. I just got to find them. I got to be open to find them. 
So let's um, leave our listeners with some thoughts about both the women and the men, like how to help change things. And the first thing in my mind comes, ask for help, ask questions. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you, like you're not going to die. <laughs> um, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, as you were saying that, my one of the things I hear most from men that, that reach out or are even trying to make a decision, you know, let's say they've even they have this self-awareness again and the courage to reach out and ask for help or to realize they might need something more in their life than they have, you know, right now. What I hear from them before they're able to commit a lot or really is that they have to ask, they tend to ask for forgiveness or permission prior yeah. to making an investment in themselves or thinking that they can and taking right. ownership from their partner from the, rather than for support or for help, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And if we can just focus there to the women also, mm-hmm. the women and 40% of the people that reach out to me in the audience, like even through midlife male are female and they are women Isn't that crazy? <laughs> who want their men to be happy, content, fulfilled, right. the best versions of themselves and right. are 100% supportive in them making the investment in themselves. What we do as men is make up all kinds of stories and put up all kinds of blockers and obstacles and everything else for reasons why we can't or we shouldn't, or we need to ask them for permission or quid pro quo. If I spend this money on me, what do I have to spend for her? And by the way, finances are already one of my stressors or my problems. So what do we, they, we come up with all of these things. Or I'm going to devote time and money to, so I have to ask for forgiveness and kind of act like I'm falling on my sword before I can get it. And then rather than, hey, I'd like to get some help. I've let myself go a little bit, or I'm not feeling at the top of my game, or you guys are really super important to me. And I want to be the best version of myself. This is something I'm thinking of doing, or I want to do. Can I have your support or will you help me? Can we reallocate some budgetary items or can I find an hour a week? Or can I find, by the way, the reason I need to keep, take back my health or I need to, whatever it may be, can we go back and can we help, can we work and help and make, make it happen? And it's, it's not only possible, but it's highly probable and like, that you can and that the support and the help is already there. You just have to be willing to ask for it. Um, everybody out there who's listening, you have our permission. <laughs> we yeah. just gave you permission. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the cool thing about it is like, that's it. take ownership too. You don't yeah. need my permission or anybody's permission. Right. right. Like just yourself, yeah. like take ownership of it. And everything you want, again, is available. You can look into therapists, you can look into coaches, you can, but so much is available in today's day and age that you can be Googling and you can be YouTubing and you can be finding. All it is, is all that willingness to take that first step and just start and focus on the small little wins or 1% better each and every day. Any or all of those cliches that happen to be true, but don't just be in motion, take action. Yeah. That's right. Well, I hope we helped some people. Um, I think there's something people need to talk about. I think it's a really big deal. Absolutely. Look, I don't think we would be doing what we're doing if we didn't think it was obviously a big deal. Uh, I think we hope we can make a difference or make an impact. I think it circles back to the top of the conversation. Can you lead by example? Can you kind of act locally, think globally, you know, one day at a time, one hello at a time, yeah, one positive action step, you know, at a time. And whether your Everest is to scale ageist in your message and your podcast, or whether my Everest is to help a million men maximize middle age, whatever it is, we're operating in very small steps each day. But we're trying to get somewhere and we're trying to help people also get there. And I just think that's worth something, as you said, meaning like in terms of, of, of feeling worthwhile and feeling of, of service and feeling of value. That's right. 
we're all of value and we can and we are all of service whether we acknowledge that or not absolutely um, so i appreciate you very much i enjoyed this uh and i, I thank you for having me it's funny like a couple of guys again, as I said, all right, black hats come with glasses. We feel like we know each other. I'm like, okay, I can get along with this guy. Like, look what he's doing. Absolutely. But you know, you accept the similarities and you appreciate them, but also again, don't ignore the differences too. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's so many amazing people doing amazing things out there that don't don't close the door on any of that stuff. That's right. It's not a threat. <laughs> No, you said it. The biggest guy in the gym is so happy to help you, right? I know. <laughs> He's the least scary guy. Here's the other thing. Like, I don't know if we can go, but we even got time for it. But here's the, the, the perceptions of individuals, I think, are, are sometimes so, so off. Mm-hmm. Often, it is the individual. I'll only speak for myself here. Look, the reason I train and prioritize, like so many of these things are for my own insecurities, my own lack of confidence, the own, my own baggage and trauma that I've carried that I'm trying to overcompensate for and feel. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when you see people that are, again, I'll just use, like, what are we covering up? What are we hiding? Mm-hmm. We're struggling with a lot of stuff too. Don't mistake kind of appearances sometimes for whether it's scary or fear or confidence or intimidation or or success or anything else. These appearances can be very deceiving. You have no, we, none of us have any idea what's going on in the other person's head. Um, We just don't. And we have, we have no right to assume anything. It's just, let's keep it a blank slate and and just see what, what we find. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Thank you for, for coming on and, and talking about this today. I appreciate it. Look, it's a pleasure and a privilege. So thank you so much. I love what you're doing, really. Any way I can help to share your message uh, and, and help you, I'm happy to. It's awesome. Oh, hey, uh, I, I want to give a plug for your stuff. So um, we'll put the links down in the show notes. But tell everybody, what do you do? How do they contact you? Yeah, easy. I am not hard to find. Uh, you can go to midlifemail.com and you can subscribe to the weekly newsletter. You can subscribe to the podcast. Go listen to Dave's episode. He was an amazing guest on there. You can uh, get my free, new, uh, I'm sorry, download my free No BS Guide to Maximizing Middle Age. That's available to you. And you can pre order the book, which will be out November 1st. Uh, and I spend a lot of time on Instagram. So at Greg Scheinman, very simple. You can find me. And when you reach out, I promise I will actually get back to you. It may take me a second, but I promise <laughs> I love doing it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Dave. Take care. Take care. Everyone, thank you for joining us on the show today. This might be a show that you want to share with some of your guy friends. So um, please do that. Um, and if you like the show, you know, hey, you have the opportunity to leave us up to a five-star review, and we encourage you to do that. And we also encourage you to leave a comment. If you would like to contact me or you would like me to pass a question on to Greg, David at superage.com, and I'll get back to you directly. I answer all of my email personally. A big thanks to the sponsors who make this program possible Inside Tracker, go to insidetracker.com slash ageist, save 20% on all their products. And Element, L-M-N-T, my favorite electrolyte mix. Go to drinkelement.com slash ageist and check out that free eight-serving sample pack. Um, hey, my favorite's orange. Let me know what yours is. Next week, we've got another great show coming up. Um, we're going to talk to Dr. Mike Roizen head of wellness at the Cleveland Clinic. And we're going to talk about rebooting your age from 90 to 40. That's going to be worth it. Um, We'll see you then. Everybody have a great week. 